Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accent. Yeah. And forget to light their candles. It's lit now. Yeah. It's oh, just, thank God. You light it at the exact same time every time. There's always <laughs> an either I forgot to light my candle or a ray. <laughs> <laughs> Without fucking fail. It's early. Ray's coming, I'm sure. We are consistent. <laughs> She's coming down the mountain. Yeah. She coming around the mountain. Oh. <laughs> anyway, who are we? Oh, fuck it. I'm Kenyon. <laughs> I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. <laughs> We're doing it. And this episode, I think, comes out in 2022, right? It's 2022 somehow. Somehow. Somewhere. Somewhere. Oh, the, last, the last two somewhere. episodes also come out in 2022. Oh, okay. It's still 2022. <laughs> for Congratulations. Ah, <you> <laughs> oh, damn it. Why? For many of you, it's been 2022 <laughs> for some time. It's still 2021 in our brains. Okay. It's still 1998 in my brain. Oh, a thousand percent. God. Time has stopped for me and also sped up somehow. When Mm -hmm. I went to that Jack Harlow concert and everybody was 20 years old and dressed like a Spice Girl... (laughs) <laughs> the lady would be nothing without us. <laughs> the lady Seriously. in front of <laughs> the lady in front of me in line to get a drink was like, "God, I feel so old." Blah blah blah. She's like, "I know everybody is judging me for being born in the '90s," and I was like, "I was born in the '80s." <laughs> <laughs> that is ma'amed. a hate crime. <laughs> I did. I got ma'amed. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Okay. Well, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Fuck it. I might have to go on a criminal spree. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the very special fan pick topic this week, brought to you by our very special fan picker, Alexis Lee. Ah, uh, a little and- bit Alexis. <laughs> I love that song so much. I know. And Alexis has dedicated this episode to her late friend, Amber. Oh, Amber. And we will get to it. Amber Atkins. Oh, yeah. yeah, You're covering Amber. I am covering Amber. Mm. And she was a beautiful jewel gem of a person. And it's really, really fucking sad and senseless what happened. So we will get to it. But first, let's get a little lubed up. Well, considering the sadness of where you're headed, I'm happier with my wine pairing now. Okay. I was already really happy with it, Mm -hmm. but I'm even happier with it now. You know, we're all struggling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's just a fact of life. Yep. I feel like I'm eight seconds away from a criminal spree at Mm -hmm. any moment in time. (laughs) And with all of the ongoing projects we have as a business, Mm -hmm. it just feels like there's a spree of activity Mm -hmm. happening. 
And what better spree of activity and what better way to <laughs> honor a friendship like that of the fan picker and their dear friend Amber than by drinking our wine <laughs> that we made together as friends. And that we made drink did together. Did make this together. As we, we literally did. We yeah. literally blended it together on a drunken Zoom call yep. with the vineyard guy. And he was like terrified. Um, <laughs> and he was we like, can I back it. out of this partnership? And we were like, no, you already signed the paperwork. Deal with it. You locked in. You locked. <laughs> so I'm glad that this is what I grabbed because mm-hmm. I just, I love this red blend so much. Mm-hmm. This is the Gals Red Blend. It is a partnership that we have ongoing with an incredible company out of California called Blendtique. And you can buy these wines on your internet device by just heading to our website and clicking that wine tab. We do have new wines coming, but this red blend is like exquisite. It's amazing. And perfect. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why would we, we change really it? We really crushed it. We really, really did. We gently mm-hmm. crushed it. Yes, and we pressed it. it. Oh, gently pressed. There we go. Either way, <laughs> crushed, pressed. Um, this is 40% Syrah, 40% Grenache, and 20% Merlot. This is a nice fruit forward. Like, it's a complex and very sophisticated red, but it's super drinkable. It's fruit forward. It's jammy, but it's really well balanced. It finishes <laughs> nice and dry. What? Why are you laughing at me? I'm doing Kenyon, a really good job. Kenyon did something, and I'm not what sure what it was. But she looked at the camera. Like, <laughs> I spilled so much water all <laughs> down myself. <laughs> and Lucy caught it. And I had my shirt is soaked. Well, I just, like, missed my mouth. You have a drinking problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I just, I started to tilt the can of water before it was even close to my mouth. Your face was so good. (laughs) I was like, what did I say? I'm doing a really nice wine segment. (laughs) Oh, it was really good, I think. I'm sorry. I was trying to laugh. Quietly, it was really heart. good. I assume. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Take anyway, two. yes. Please go buy this. It's amazing. You will love it. Get it for yourself. Get it for your friends. Get extra so you can just take it to a, a housewarming party mm, or whatever fancy. without having to think about it. Look how cute the label is. Thank you to our artist Danielle. She's incredible. Would also make a really excellent Valentine's Day gift. Which you know, it's never too early to start thinking. It's never about too it. early. And when it's empty, you could do one of those like I saw it on the internet crafts where you, you could make turn it, it into a candle or a lamp or something. Anyway, it's a popper. I am inserting our special edition Wine and Crime Gals wine key and all of her iridescent glory. Yes, I have mine right here too. There's something real special about opening a Wine and Crime wine with a Wine and Crime wine key. It's magic. Get Mm -hmm. the sound. Get it. All right. Are we ready to pop? Let's do it. Here we go. Oh, oh, perfect. Wow. Pap. That was a gal's pop. Fucking mm-hmm. nice pop. Mm-hmm. Nice pop. We're doing our first, I know this will already have happened by the time you hear this, but our first 
Patreon happy hour tonight, so I'm also just letting myself get a little toasty. I have oh, a yeah. separate wine to go with that, so it could be a weird night. Yeah. Ooh, I'm and excited. I mean, by the time this airs, the second Patreon happy hour should be coming. Coming up. up coming. Coming, coming, coming around the mountain. House. Coming, coming around, around the mountain. I don't know why that keeps popping into my head today, but yeah. You are. You have a ghost <laughs> in your blood. Do you cocaine about it? <laughs> Drink a All shitload right. of wine. Drink a shitload of wine about it. Yes. Well, cheers, cheers everyone. I'm just drinking cheers. my shirt water. Love your shirt. Just wringing your shirt out into a cup and drinking from it. (laughs) I'm not above it. Okay. Working your shirt. (laughs) Well, cheers. And Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for criminal sprees? A little tiny dose of psych here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be talking mostly about spree killings, Mm -hmm. which are most. This is the only psych I have. They are most often motivated by thrill seeking Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, other motivations. Like we're going to talk a lot about serial killers. So Mm -hmm. they have various motivations, Mm -hmm. sexual, whatever. Okay, that makes sense in my case because this was definitely a thrill seeking situation. Same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, have you guys seen the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? No. Maybe. Is it from like the 90s or early aughts? Yeah. Yeah, he, doesn't, it start, Douglas. doesn't it yeah. start with him like in a car in traffic in L.A. and he just like sure goes does. completely bonkers? And yeah, he okay. goes to like a fast food place and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry, we're out of the Yeah, and he, he just, just goes like all loses his mind. Mm-hmm. That's a spree. That's a spree. That's a criminal spree. Okay. All right. Makes sense. It's a really good movie. It's a, it. it's a movie. I wouldn't say it's really good. <laughs> it's a movie I like from it. the 90s, which means it, it might we are drawn to it. Yeah. Honestly, Michael Douglas in a crew cut mm. equals a good movie to me. It works for me. I'm going to look Weird, but okay. All Not king right. shaming, just confused. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so a spree killer, sometimes called a rampage killer, is someone who kills two or more victims in a short time in multiple locations. Okay. The U.S. Bureau of Justice Statistics defines a spree killing as killings at two or more locations with almost no time break in between murders. Okay. I so am one- currently taking a screenshot of Michael Douglas in a crew cut <laughs> because I cannot great. believe that it's, this. It's it does, does it, it for, for Lucy. It's like, but it's oh his whole my outfit. God. It's his whole outfit. It's his button-up shirt, in a suit. full pen. He's no, in like not. an ugly looks, suit he looks in the beginning. Like it's a short sleeve button-up shirt. He works at H and R Block. He's going to work. He's in I like know. an ugly suit in a hideous car. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and. Care. I'm going to get on the drive. Please do. I need it. It might just be his like homicidal mania that gets me going. I don't know. It's not just about looks for this girl. She likes, it's about what's behind the mask. I'm I'm holistic in that way. What's below the crew cut. Okay. I also had a dream the other night. Oh, I know what that means. About you guys, okay. I'm not gonna say his name on air, but I will send the two of you a screenshot of his Instagram. He's a person I know in reality, and he's an excellent musician. He's just not uh, that attractive. (laughs) (laughs) 
is that conventionally attractive? Sure, okay. He's just not. He's just yeah. not. <laughs> okay. So you had a dream. But in my dream, he was Beck the musician. Oh, fun. So I was like, I was like, he had a crush on me. He asked me out on a date. He wanted to go see a movie with me. And I was like, I'd love to. You're a very talented and famous person. I'd love to. And then like well into my dream, I was like, what oh, is going I'm married. On? <laughs> this is one of Corey's friends. He's deaf going to find out about this. I should have asked. <laughs> Oh, shit. Always get permission from your husband before you go on a date with someone else. In your it's dream. about consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom, she's going to kill me for saying this. She doesn't listen. She's not going to know. I know. She had a dream where she had a romantic lunch with Keanu Reeves. A romantic <laughs> lunch. Nothing happened. Does such like, a thing even fi- exist? Like, nothing physical happened. They just... Sat down for a very pleasant lunch. Wow. That's a racy one. (laughs) Wild dream. Well, nothing sexual, like objectively sexual happened in my dream either. I was just like, so this is how polyamorous relationships start. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Nobody tell Corey. Mm. I already told him and he got kind of weirded out. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Moving like, on. Don't tell him. Okay, anyway, Amazing. back to spree killings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my so, God. one characteristic of a killing spree, this basically the main characteristic of a killing spree, is that there is no cooling off period, which mm-hmm. is basically what could distinguish a spree killing from a serial killing, mm-hmm. although law enforcement doesn't generally distinguish between the two. Mm. So... Reminder that a mass murder is defined by one incident with no distinctive time period between the murders. So we basically have mass murders, serial killers, and spree killers. Those are kind of the three types. Makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like one-off killers. Mm -hmm. So this is from FBI.gov, and it's referring to a discussion among forensic professionals at a symposium in, I believe, 2005. Quote, the validity of spree murder as a separate category was discussed at great length. The general definition of spree murder is two or more murders committed by an offender or offenders without a cooling off period. According to the definition, the lack of a cooling off period marks the difference between a spree murder and a serial murder. Okay. Central to the discussion was the definitional problems related to the concept of a cooling off period. Because it creates arbitrary guidelines, the confusion surrounding this concept led the majority of attendees to advocate disregarding the use of spree murder as a separate category. So basically, define a cooling off period. Because if you can't really define that, if it's the length of time, if it's what they're doing during that time, Mm -hmm. then you can't. Uh, you can't define a spree killer. Mm-hmm. Get it? Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense, but I definitely am on the side of they are separate categories. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I feels like a separate psychology and yeah. motivation. And like I think serial it- killers, not all of them, but like they tend to maybe like stalk their victim or it is almost like a predator and prey prey situation whereas with a serial killer yeah yeah 
Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. with spree killers, it's more just like quantity. It's random. Just, it's just random and opportunistic all the time and just fucking throwing shit at the wall, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, it depends. I think to your point, psychologically there are, could be different motivations. I I agree with you that they that they should be looked at from that perspective as mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. However, I think that because this is at an FBI symposium, they're also concerned with like clearance rates, statistics, things like that. Mm-hmm. The ability to categorize things as black and white, it's it's mm-hmm. in this category or this category. Right. And I think that was their primary motivation for not making this Se- its own category. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just to finish this quote, this designation does not provide any real benefit for use by law enforcement. Okay, so, so the Law enforcement-wise, yeah. It's they, like they, the same to them. It's the same to them. They're going to investigate it the same way. They're going to prosecute it the same way. They're going to mm-hmm. categorize it the same way. But when that, we're talking that also of makes sense. psychologically, we it, there is value in the distinction. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are several definitions of spree killers, basically because there are several different opinions, like I said, of what constitutes a cooling off period. And here are a couple of examples from Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. In in a paper called Conversational Issues in Criminology, or sorry, Controversial Issues in Criminology. Conversational to us. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. I like making controversial things conversational. I do, too. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Exactly. Corp stalls. (laughs) That should be a new mug. Making the controversial conversational. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, authors Fuller and Hickey write that, quote, the element of time involved between murderous acts is primary in the differentiation of serial, mass, and spree murderers, later elaborating that spree killers, quote, will engage in the killing acts for days or weeks while the methods of murder and types of victims may vary. Mm Mm-hmm. In, I don't know if it's a paper or a book. It's called a, a publication. A plaper. A plup. <laughs> in a plup called Serial Murder, Ronald M. Holmes Cash. and Stephen T. Holmes define spree murder as, quote, the killing of three or more people within a 30-day period and add that killing sprees are, quote, usually accompanied by the commission of another felony. So, so like, like a grand theft auto or like, Yeah. Burglary, Burglary, yeah, bank robbing, yeah. So, I mean, according to these two definitions, you could categorize like Gary Ridgway as a spree murderer, potentially. I mean, yeah, but he had a really long cooling off period and like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I feel like sometimes serial killers, once once they escalate to a certain point, once they devolve to a certain point, they kind of become spree killers. But if you're taking into account their full history, mm-hmm. then maybe that should, you know, there should be still a distinction because like Ted Bundy, for example, mm-hmm. like he used to be much more of a strict serial killer with cooling off periods. But when he started to like fully fucking unravel, then it was like yeah, every day or every other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, 
when it comes to categorizing different killers or versus different crimes, like mm-hmm. there, it's all over the place. The more categories you have, the more complicated it is. Right. And people, you know, we contain multitudes. Exactly. You're and not pe- just one thing. Right. You know, Spread your wings, baby. We're all Don't. multifaceted. <laughs> not when it comes to killing. Don't. I just, that's all. I'm just saying in general, <laughs> spread your wings. Follow your passions unless yeah. your passions involve bloodshed. Right. Yep. And then get help. Doc space. Seek therapy. Yeah. So a word about that cooling off period or what's called a temporal separation. Mm. And this is from Psychology Today. Mm. One of the many members of my harem. One of your lovers. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying a number out of my black book. (laughs) Lock. Quote, during the cooling off period between murders, a serial killer disappears from the public eye and resumes his or her seemingly normal routine and life. Incredibly, the life of a serial killer during the cooling off period, particularly if they are are a, a psychopathic killer like Ted Bundy or Gary Ridgway, that is pathologically devoid of emotion or empathy, may appear completely normal to the unsuspecting observer. The cooling off period between murders is highly subjective, unpredictable, and it varies from one serial killer to another in terms of its duration. Mm -hmm. The length of the cooling off period can also vary between murders committed by the same serial killer. Mm -hmm. The duration can be from days or weeks to months and in rare instances, even years. Like the BTK killer. Yeah. It was like like a 20 fucking year span. Yeah. Even Gary Ridgway took a sabbatical. Yeah, even Gary Ridgway took several years off because he got married and he was, mm-hmm. like, being a family man. It's but so there were bizarre. instances so where he killed multiple people within a 30-day period. Yep. So a thousand that was, percent. That was like my both. reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my reference about, oh, he could be categorized as a spree killer. Right, he was, but yeah, he also, was both. he was so prolific and just, it was for such a long length of time right. that mm-hmm. it just makes it confusing. Yeah. yeah. So I love, like, a nerdy nerd Twitter battle. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, okay. have a, I didn't have a whole lot more to research, ba- like, about things that we haven't already discussed before. Sure. So I found kind of an interesting little thing from uh, Miriam Webster. But we'll get <laughs> okay. to it. Okay. Hot. <laughs> this is real sassy. I think you guys are going to like it. Because I do. Okay. Back in 2015, the Associated Press style book caused quite a stir with a single tweet which read, AP style tip, the word spree usually is applied to shopping or revelry. Do not use in other circumstances, i.e. killing spree. What? Okay. What the well, hell? Well, too late. Yeah, sorry, Associated Press. Keep up. Yeah. I mean, the AP is usually not to be fucked with, but... Miriam Webster clapped back. (laughs) So this is what Miriam Webster had to say because they came with receipts. Oh, wow. Our earliest recorded uses for spree come from the early 1800s, where it referred first to a lively and excessive outburst of activity. Playful boisterousness was the order of the day. Early citations mention ranting sprees. Love. Canyon's king. (laughs) (laughs) 
or place the word spree in the context of sporting. So like hunting or shooting, mm-hmm. sport, sport shooting. Mm-hmm. Sure. The argument that critics of the sinister spree, uh, the uh, sorry, original meaning and indeed most of its historical meaning refers to fun. The use of spree paired with killing or shooting is a mismatch, a fun word used to describe a horrific event. But the claim that it's a crime against the word's original and most common uses to pair spree with crimes is wrong. Right. And ridiculous. Merriam-Webster writes kind of dryly. (laughs) The true nature of the early sprees was revealed in a very early dictionary entry for the word. So, spree, a frolic, fun, a drinking bout, a party of pleasure... And this is from Francis Gross and Hewson Clark, Lexicon Balatronicum, a dictionary of buckish slang, university wit, and pickpocket eloquence, published in 1811. Okay, we're wow. going to need a copy of that. Put it on the company card. <laughs> Immediately. Lexicon Balatronicum. I need yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Spree came to refer to a drinking binge almost as soon as the word made it into print. The wild abandon and sketchy loss of control that this sense of spree connotes led to yet another sinister use of spree. (laughs) This is a quote. For what were you sent here? A spree? For burglary? Yes, burglary. And this is a report from the select committee of the House of Lords appointed to inquire into the present state of the several gowls and houses of correction in England and Wales in 1835. So I think that was just a little bit of like a court transcript. Yeah, from a jail. Mm -hmm. So a burglary spree is referenced here in 1835. I'm following my dick, Associated (laughs) Press. Yeah. Oh, it goes on. Oh, I'm sure it does. I I just also want to say that like the activity definition, I think, makes the most sense Mm -hmm. because so a lively and excessive outburst of activity. It's a Mm -hmm. verb. Because also like the moral judgment of what is good and what is bad, like... Is subjective. Is subjective. And the person committing the spree, mm-hmm. for them, it is fun. Right. And lively activity. That that's what's that fucked it's, up about it. The fact that it's also, like, a candy <laughs> might have confused the I know, the that's AP. all I've been thinking about this whole time. I forgot is, about the candy. Is the not-that-great candy. They're but not do you know that what I'm, great. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. And like the drinking thing, they were like, oh, that's a nefarious use. It's like a drinking binge doesn't have to be nefarious. That could be one fun. could make one's career out of it. <laughs> yeah. One, one might. could. One may have. So mayhaps. Mayhaps one already has. <laughs> Perhaps. So Miriam goes on. From the mid-1800s onward, spree has indeed been associated with crime. Both killing spree and shooting spree come into print around the same time as the shopping spree does. The unmodified spree also referred more frequently to a drinking binge than it did to innocent revelry. Today, the unmodified spree is used just as often to refer to bad events like killings, shootings, bombings, and crime as it is to refer to good or neutral events 
like shopping, spending, and mutual toenail painting, as one of our citations puts the it. Fuck? I do not like that. We Ew. can go on a mutual toenail painting spree. No, we cannot. No. <laughs> Only Shut that guy that in the grocery store who's into Lucy's feet would want to do that spree. Barf. I've been looking at my feet lately. I think it's time. I not still any have younger. not gotten to make some money off of them because of but my missing toenail. To work. I gotta pay for my bathroom remodel. Ugh. I know my feet would not make any money. I'm although literally I, down a toenail. There's yeah. someone out there for every foot. You're right. I there did, is a shoe for every foot. <laughs> I did recently come across a thing There's on Twitter. There's a pervy shoe for every foot. The Amanda Jacobson story. Oh. Where it's talking about the different types of feet. There's like the Egyptian foot. And it's all about like toe length and shape. Like the shape you of the to, foot. We, I want to take the internet away from you for like <laughs> one week. I need it. Email it to me. Good I know. Lord. You too. <laughs> You're Egyptian both cut foot, off. Celtic foot, German foot, foot shape. Trench Meaning. foot. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Diabetic foot. Roman foot. Yeah, they're all different kinds. And I totally have the Norwegian foot. I'm sending what a shock. it to you both in the chat. I probably have thank, the English foot. You. I got a lot of English in me. Well, it would be the Celtic foot then. Ooh. Or maybe the Roman foot, depending on. You Is just send me, send me the chart. I have one more paragraph. Jesus okay. Christ. So should you use spree to refer to a series of crimes? That is up to you. It's not bad advice to say that some people might may think that crime spree implies that crime is fun. So you should carefully weigh your words when writing about the sinister. But if you choose to leave Spree out of your writing, you cannot make that decision on the grounds that Spree has always referred only to harmless, innocent fun. Because right. it hasn't. Because it has not. Mm-hmm. So get over, over it, it, AP. So thank you, Miriam Webster. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked that spat and yep. everything Miriam brought to the table. Mm-hmm. So well anyway, that's. I was going to talk about the candies, but they're just, it's just not that good. It's not a good candy. It's not a good candy. It's not worth it. Go to the sweet chart. Real quickly, I'm going to need both of you to look at this foot chart and tell me where you land on it. Oh. I'm somewhere between Egyptian, uh, yeah, and Roman. Well, no, because, yeah, my second two toes are pretty long. Well, it's not pretty long. It's. Is your big toe and your next two toes, are they the same length? My big toe and second toe are almost exactly the same length. And then I have like the slope, the very even slope of the last three. I think so I, got African? The Nor- I got the Norwegian foot because yeah. my pinky toe is real small. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, we'll post that this on the, drive. on the blog. Tag yourself. <laughs> Tag yourself. Let us know what foot shape you have. Okay. Good Tag Lord. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> Look at you. You made it through the holiday chaos, Ooh. utter madness. Oh, you should be proud. Give, a, give yourself a pat on the back, a round of applause for you. And you know what? That means one thing. It is time to treat yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Gift yourself the comfort and relaxation that you deserve with Brooklinen's lineup of cozy bedding and beautiful home essentials made for me time. Oh yeah, they've got everything. If you're looking for a more comfy comforter, Brooklinen is the place to go. Mm-hmm. They got something for everyone. They come in lightweight, all season and ultra warm to suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even a weighted comforter option for stress relief. Yeah. I love that. My sleeping Mm -hmm. partner is a furnace. So that lightweight one. Oh, we have separate. We have separate Brooklyn and comforters. I won't even let him use mine. (laughs) Same bed, two blankets. Yep. That is amazing. And you can rest assured that with Brooklyn and fair pricing, their home essentials just look and feel like a million bucks. And honestly, Their stuff goes way beyond the bedroom. Their collection includes everything from robes and towels. I love their towels. I love their towels. To super soft loungewear, to an eye mask. Hi. The cozy just keeps on coming. Yes, it does. So refresh your rest with the comfort essentials from Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GALS for $20 off your purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com and enter promo code GALS for $20 off your purchase. One more time, brooklinen.com, promo code GALS, and treat your comfort. Treat it. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Our favorite thing ever. Yep. (laughs) Add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift from art prints and diplomas to the photos just sitting on your phone, you can frame bridge just about anything. I have a gallery wall in every room of my house. <laughs> you do. You do. You have, my you have a home gallery is a gallery galore. wall. <laughs> yes. And 99% of it is frame bridge. And like my partner is impossible to shop for. And I know we're past the holidays now, but I was fretting leading up to the holidays. Like, what do I get you? I don't want to only have you unwrap a pack of Hanes or whatever that <laughs> like socks that we get you every year. So I got framed these two amazing photos. My partner's also a professional photographer. So we did like this really cute mid-century Airbnb photo shoot in Des Moines. And I've just had these photos that he edited literally sitting on my phone. And I was like, these are my favorite pictures of us. I'm getting them framed. And now they're in our living room and I am obsessed i can't stop looking at them and it was so easy so you just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they can send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces if you want those framed you preview your item in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts you can choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers and the experts at framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door ready to hang it has all the hardware but a hammer people it's all you need is the wall and the hammer it's It's amazing. amazing Instead of the hundreds you would pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39. And all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code WINECRIME. So order online at framebridge.com or I need to do this. I need to make a trip to do this because you can stop by a Framebridge store to work with the designer in person if you are in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. Those are a lot of cities. A lot of choices there. 
So mm-hmm. get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code WINEPRIME to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code WINECRIME. Framebridge.com, promo code WINECRIME. And treat your walls. Trade them. Are we ready for my case? No. Just maybe. I know. You're not ready. And it was also, like we said at the top, suggested by our fan picker, Alexis, because they were old friends with one of the victims in this mm-hmm. case. So it just, it sucks and it's senseless and we need to do something about guns in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So growing up, Amber Patton and there are photos of her on the drive and they will be on the blog. Mm-hmm. Loved animals, Batman, and the Green Bay Packers. All right, we'll let that one go. We will. We're going to forgive that She had other positive qualities. Yes, yes. So we will forgive the sin of being for the Green Bay Packers. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we care so deeply about Sparts. Mm Mm-hmm. Queen of Sparts. Sparts. Queen of Sparts. God. Your self-appointed title. <laughs> Gonna need a crown. If the if the cleat fits, <laughs> where does it, as it they fit say. on your Norwegian foot? Mm, be tough. Okay. She was also an avid soccer player, and she began playing soccer in the first grade, and then played on the varsity team at her high school, the Casa Grande Union High School, Dang. in her home state of Arizona. Love it. So I didn't know that there were a lot of Packers fans in Arizona, but fine. Love it. Mm. Uh, She graduated high school with honors in 2004. She's basically our age, Mm -hmm. just one year older, and began attending Central Arizona College. But in 2008, Amber decided to leave college and to join the U.S. Army. She just, school wasn't really for her. She Mm -hmm. had always kind of thought about joining the Army. Her family had some concerns about her decision because 2008 was a particularly scary time to be in the military. But they also weren't exactly surprised because they had known that this had always been something she had considered. Mm -hmm. And also uh, the family had a long history of military service. And one of Amber's aunts, who she was very close to, had often spoken fondly of her time working as a nurse in the Air Force and how... Mm -hmm interesting it had been and how much she had enjoyed that. Yeah. After training, Amber was deployed to Iraq and received several awards for her service. And there are photos of her on the drive in her uniform. She's just such a cutie. She She just looks so like kind and wholesome and mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, Yeah. Her mother, Marilyn Sukla, remembers that, quote, she took a great deal of pride in serving her country. But like many soldiers, she also faced extremely traumatic situations while deployed, including the death of a close friend in combat. So after her deployment ended in 2011, she struggled with the decision of what to do next. So she wanted to remain in the Army as a career, Mm -hmm. but she knew that if she did re-up, then she would be deployed to Afghanistan sometime mm-hmm. in the next six months, which is a very scary prospect. And also mm-hmm. she had already been deployed to Iraq. So it's like, she doesn't you know, want to do it. who wants to be fucking redeployed and also mm-hmm. redeployed to a new 
tumultuous place. A new yeah. tumultuous place that you have mm-hmm. to kind of relearn everything. Like, it would suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by this point, Amber was suffering from PTSD. And it seems like she knew that of herself. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't think that she could handle another tour of duty so soon. She mm-hmm. needed to, like, decompress. And so she made the decision to leave the army and move home to Arizona to be close to her family. So I mm-hmm. thought that that was, like, a very smart and responsible yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At first, she moved back in with her mother in Casa Grande, where she'd grown up. But eventually, she got her own place with roommates in Chandler, Arizona. And she remained extremely close with her family. They had a really good relationship. She was especially close with her younger sister, whose name she had tattooed on her arm. And then perhaps as part of her PTSD, like healing journey, although our fan picker said that she remembers that this had also been something on Amber's mind, even as far back as when she was in high school. Mm hmm. She took this time now to begin working towards fulfilling one of her greatest wishes, which was to find and reconnect with an older brother who had been placed for adoption in New York State in 1980. Mm -hmm. So her family was supportive of this search, and they helped her, and she began looking into adoption records from the time. But New York privacy laws made the search really difficult, and Mm -hmm. as far as I know, I think they're actually still searching even now for Mm. this brother. They still haven't finished that. Above all, Amber was just known for her generous spirit. So in the words of her mother, quote, she was very outgoing, very loving. She would have given someone the shirt off her back. And then on September 19th, 2020, fucking worst year ever, Mm -hmm. at around 11 p.m., 34-year-old Amber became the victim of a senseless act of violence. Oh, my God. She was on her way home from work at a car wash and had given a co-worker a lift home. Again, just like helping people yeah, out. Being a good person. And picked up some food for dinner before heading back to her apartment. Just like a totally normal night. Unfortunately, she had just randomly caught the eye of two teens who had just stolen some beer from a convenience store nearby. Mm-hmm. And then they had crashed a stolen car near her apartment, and then they, like, saw her and decided to follow her home. God. Oh, my God. Just totally random, wrong Completely. place, wrong time. Uh-huh. When Amber got out of her car in her garage and went to enter her home, they ambushed her, and the next morning, her roommate, like, came into the garage and found her dead and oh called the police. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. That's fucking awful. So... When investigators arrived, they found Amber's backpack and the dinner she had picked up dumped on the floor of a hallway. She wasn't in the garage. Her body was on the bedroom floor. She had been shot multiple times. Mm. Police found bullet casings in both the laundry room and the garage. After killing Amber, the suspects had taken her phone and wallet and fled in her car. Really what they wanted was the car. Mm Mm-hmm. As police learned more about the suspects, they came to believe that Amber's murder had simply been a crime of opportunity by the two teens who were in search of a fucking another car because they just crashed their last stolen one. Right. Why do people steal cars? Well, these two, they literally were just out joyriding and Mm -hmm. that's that's just that's not shit you 
like get away with usually. This I mean, is just actually, you do get away with it a lot because police do not. There's like a huge issue, especially in Minneapolis right now, with like yeah. carjackings and car theft. In and two. they're yeah, they're really they're whether cops just don't give a shit or we just don't have the resources and ability to like really find out who's doing it. Unless you're caught like pulled over in the act of doing it, so many cars get stolen and ditched, and you never know. Mm-hmm. Who did it? And so a lot of this does go without consequences. You just joyride around. You ditch the car. Yeah. There's so guess, many I fucking just, just abandoned cars around Louisville mm-hmm. just sitting. I've never considered stealing a car. No. So, no. I would just take my mom's car. <laughs> steal Back my when mom's I needed car. to steal a car, I would just steal my mom's car. Well, nobody needs to steal a car. Right. No. Yeah, what I needed to steal a car. (laughs) My driveway is so narrow that I think anybody who would think about stealing my car would just be like unnerved by the thought of wedging into my. I would not want to back out of your driveway. No, fuck no, or your parents' driveway. Mm -mm. No, (laughs) that's the key. Don't get to not get your car stolen. uh, Fucking driveway. That's your fail. A duck. Uterus driveway. Yeah, real twisty. (laughs) Trap doors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So according to Amber's mother, they wanted the keys to her car. Sorry, this is a quote. They wanted the keys to her car. She was such a kind, giving person. She would have given them the keys if they had asked. She doesn't want to die. Kill her. She just handed over. Yeah. Yeah. And she would have. Yeah. Well, and she's also like a trained veteran she mm-hmm. probably knows how to assess risk right yeah. and she isn't gonna have, go like, down defending shit. her car de-escalate yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they killed her for her fucking car it's bullshit to just fucking joy ride around in it mm-hmm. investigators were able to use evidence from amber's case including surveillance footage from the nearby convenience store where they had fucking stolen beer yeah of course to identify the two teenage killers and tie them to a string of other crimes, a spree, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the area that had taken place since July 2020. And again, now we're in September. Mm -hmm. Dang. So these two were 16-year-old James Quintero of Tempe, Arizona, and 15-year-old Corbin McNeil. Oof. Oh, my God. 15 and 16? Yep. They're just little idiots. Yep. They're just little oh, stupid idiots. My yep. fucking God. The 15-year-old Corbin looks like the Michigan school shooter mm, a little bit. He fuck. does, yeah. Yeah. They're just, they just think that they're hard Hot asses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So in addition to murdering Amber, mm-hmm. they had also been involved in a series of other shootings, a kidnapping, multiple carjackings, robberies. And another murder of a 28-year-old named Matthew Meisner. There's a photo of him on the drive as well. Damn, they killed somebody else, like, all in the same day? Not in the same day, no, but, but that month. since July. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, right. But July, damn. August, and September, yeah. Who was shot and killed a couple months before Amber was, well, out on a late-night walk in Tempe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Completely... It's just so random. Like, there isn't even really a, I mean. There's no. There's no way to, like, pro- no. protect yourself. Not at he all. He looks so sweet. Ugh. 
The teens had ambushed Meisner as he walked home from buying a snack at a convenience store. They demanded his wallet, which he was, I think, handing over to them, before inexplicably shooting him and fleeing. And then a close friend of his recalls that, quote, they didn't even take his wallet. Yeah, they probably were so freaked out after what they'd done that they just took off. Yep. They shot him to rob him, and then they didn't even rob him. Not that it would have made it better in any way, but it just shows they're completely reckless and had no regard for life whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and it's totally that age, too, where, like, I have to assume there's shit going on at home because it's very normal teenager behavior to test your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, such an escalation and such a dangerous Mm -hmm. escalation of that ingrained part of puberty Mm -hmm. where you do dumb shit and you rebel and you see what you can get away with. But without, like, I don't know, like, wraparound support and structure coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if there's, you know, additional trauma or other shit that's going on with these kids... It's just like such a slippery, scary slope. Unfortunately, I couldn't really find out anything about these two kids. Which makes sense because they were minors. They're probably not going to like put all their shit out there. But so I have no idea like what their home lives were like. If they makes you wonder if they were going home each night or not. Like as far as I know, there it was there was nothing gang related. It was just Mm -hmm. these two doofuses. Yeah. Little dill holes. Yeah going out and doing all this completely on their own. Yikes. Yeah, it's just, it It always makes you wonder, like, what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes that's allowing mm-hmm. the behavior to get to this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not and nothing. This, this shit does not just happen out of nowhere. No. No. But also, I wonder if spree killers, because you said at the top that, like, spree killers can either be single or in pairs, Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's There's more like a common for it to be more than one perpetrator working together because they like whip each other up. It's like, yeah, it's like a mob mentality thing. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that too. Yeah. But more we so than know serial because killers. the FBI has no statistics right. on spree killers. Right. 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 Because I wonder if either of these kids would have done these things on their own. On their own. Mm-hmm. They probably would have done. Some shit, yeah, but I maybe see not stealing cars murder. And doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think in general, teenagers commit crimes in groups or pairs yeah. more often than individually. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's about getting like Fitting status in and, and, and ta- attention and yeah. right. Damn. So police retraced the movements of the teens and pieced together how they had also carjacked a man just after midnight on September nineteenth. So the day before before eventually wrecking that car, like I said, just a couple blocks from Amber's apartment. So they had the stolen car. They had carjacked. They hadn't just like they didn't know how to like steal a car. Right. That was parked. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when was this? September 2020. So this is another thing that I've been reading about because there's so many there have been so many carjackings, not just Mm -hmm. car theft. Mm -hmm. Is that like because so many cars that have been made in the last 10 years are, like, not easy to break into or hotwire. You kind of, like, need the fob to get the car to move. Right. That's, like, a big factor behind car, like, getting the car while someone's actively in it so that you can get the key fob to operate it. Yeah, carjackings have gone through the roof Mm -hmm. in a lot of cities. I know they have here uh, in Louisville. My neighbors, like, a year ago, she had 
just had a baby, like, mm. within the month before. Oh, my God. And they had just gotten engaged. And, like, for some reason, her ring was, like, on a table, like, right outside their bedroom, like, in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And a, a, at least two people... I think I'm pretty sure they caught the kids who did it, but it was like mm-hmm. the group of teenagers. They broke into their home while everyone was sleeping, including the brand new baby, crept around the house, went into their coat pockets, like hanging up downstairs, found the keys, went upstairs to where their bedrooms were, stole her ring. God. And then made off with their cars and crashed them on the highway. But I'm almost positive they got caught. Jesus. But it's so fucking scary. Like mm-hmm. creeping around in their house in the middle of the night, digging through shit to find the keys. Ugh. Mm-hmm. All of it's it is creepy. so scary. The carjacking thing is really scary. Carjackings were like a really big, or still are, I'm assuming, a huge issue in South Africa for mm-hmm. a long time. Zach was uh, carjacked, or like there was an attempted carjacking on him our very last week there. Mm hmm. Do you Did remember tell them that? To go fuck themselves. Yeah, yeah but he, I wouldn't recommend that. He just was acting purely on like instinct and adrenaline. So he, in the moment, was like, fuck off or whatever, and like drove over a median and away from them. But like, he didn't, it's not like that's what he had planned to do in that situation. He had just mm-hmm. reacted. Mm-hmm. And like, the guy had a gun. Like, he could have yeah. been shot and killed. Two you know? kids and teenagers in Minneapolis know. just died because they carjacked a car on the northeast side and there was a police chase and they like got into an accident just so that it literally split the car in half. The car was in two pieces and two of them were ejected from the car and died like immediately. Oh my God. It's This just happened like a week ago. Like it's just nuts what's what's going on. Yeah. Jesus it's Christ. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the words of one sergeant who worked on this investigation, quote, it was almost like a case of Grand Theft Auto. So they were like acting like like they were in a fucking video game. Yeah. Within a couple days, Amber's car was discovered near Florence, Arizona. It, too, had been crashed. Mm -hmm. So they're not even like selling anything for parts. It's nothing organized. It's just just fucking around. Yep. Mm hmm. The next day, still on their, like, I don't know, I'm tutorializing, but their video game adrenaline fucking high, the mm-hmm. teens kidnapped and carjacked another man in Mesa, Arizona. Wow. A few days later, the teenage killers were finally tracked down and arrested. Amber's mother later stated in an interview that, quote, them killing her ended the crime spree. If that's what it took to keep another family from going through what we're going through, then I know she didn't die in vain. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So sad. And also, like, just how fucking, like, noble to even be able to think and feel that. Yes, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds like their whole family, at least she and her mom, had, like, huge hearts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the teens, er, Quintero and McNeil, fucking Corbin, Mm -hmm. were charged as adults in a 25-count felony indictment. If convicted on all counts, they could face life in prison. They should face life in prison for just two murders. Yeah, they killed two people. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I feel. I like. know they're fifteen. I don't know. I have such conflicting feelings about all that shit. But there's like you know, being this tried is the as system adults we've got. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just 
being tried so as adults sad. when you're 15 and 16 is tough. At the yeah. same time, what they did was really horrific. So, yeah. like, there has yeah. there has to be a middle ground mm-hmm. for literal children right. who do really horrific shit. Like, mm-hmm. we have to come up with a middle ground that isn't trying them as adults. Right. I don't know. At the same time, fuck these kids. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Both pleaded not guilty. Mm-hmm. And their trial was scheduled for June of 2021. As of now, I couldn't find any press coverage of the trial. It's unclear if... Stuff is still getting so delayed and that's changed because of think. COVID. I bet it's not happened yet. I bet it's been be delayed due to COVID. I didn't see anything about it taking place. Mm-hmm. In March of 2021, a bill honoring their other victim, Matthew Meisner, was passed in the Arizona legislature. And the bill was called Matthew's Law, uh, would make it easier for family and loved ones to enter the apartment of a deceased person in order to retrieve pets mm-hmm. that are in there. Because apparently after he was murdered, the family... <gasps> oh, no, 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 no. Has, uh, ...struggled to be allowed into his apartment to take care of his oh. pets. And that's oh, all that's I know. so ridiculous. My God. That yeah. is absurd. When so, it's a family member? Come on. Well, yeah. So like Amber, Matthew was an animal lover, and the bill was mm. inspired by the difficulty of his loved ones obtaining access to his apartment to retrieve his beloved cats after he died. Oh. Hmm. So meanwhile, Amber's mother, Marilyn, has spoken publicly on numerous occasions about her daughter's legacy and the importance of being vigilant about personal safety, stating, quote, I want to be an advocate for her. I don't want this to happen to another family. Mm-hmm. And like Amber was vigilant about her personal safety. Right. I think this mom is she's just saying like you always have to be aware of your surroundings because the random fucking shit can happen. Yeah. Because people are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. When asked her opinion of the perpetrators, she responded, quote, Amber was just full of life. She was born amazing. Amber will never be able to walk the streets. There's nothing in this world, no money, no nothing that can bring her back to us. I know my daughter and I feel that they should never walk the streets either. Oh. Can't blame her for feeling that way. Yeah. Uh, wow. Cannot blame her at all. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Amber. Your yeah. life should not have ended like that. Nope. No. It's just so fucking fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Wolf. I need a refill. Good. Get one. <laughs> yep. And I will turn the tables around a little in my All case. Right. Good. We're gonna I got balance, your back. We're going to okay, balance out this you. episode. We're going to balance it out. I had a feeling. All right. All right. Sounds good. We'll hear from a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Love it. I can't speak for you, but I know for me, every time January hits and everyone's like, new year, new me. Mm-hmm. We, we tally up our shortcomings, <laughs> yeah. all the things we want to change. It's a, it's a great time of year, just in the darkness and yep. like after all of the fun and adrenaline and serotonin of the holidays. Mm-hmm. And now yep. staring now we... down the barrel of a whole other year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's it's a lot to unpack. And it's really easy to get stuck in the past, even as we're trying to dream big for the new year to come. And therapy can help you learn to be kinder to yourself and not give in to, like, the new year, new me culture that has a striving for impossible perfectionism. Yeah. And then you can keep moving forward. 
And one tool I have for helping climb that mountain is Talkspace, which makes it easy to get the help you need to make lasting progress with your mental health all year round. And, you know, if you're me, maybe you're talking to your therapist about how the holidays are really hard because you have all those ups and then your family leaves and then all of social media is like, you should be a whole new person. And then you're like, you know what? You should maybe just up your Zoloft prescription. Yep. Maybe you should do that. <laughs> and then your therapist is like, is that something you want to explore? And I'm like, yeah, it really is. And she is there for me to talk through all of those options. <laughs> she is amazing. I am obsessed with her. I've been working with Emily for three, going on four years now. And she's a game changer. I'm obsessed. I can't speak highly enough about this app. And you know, everyone needs help sometimes. And that means everyone. If you're struggling with your mental health, connecting to a licensed therapist through Talkspace can help you start feeling better. So whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, self-doubt, or anything else, Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist who can give you the support whenever you need it and however you need it. I love their texting option. They have video mm -hmm. chat options. And no matter what option feels right for you, Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to a private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can mm -hmm. send messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. You don't need to wait for a weekly appointment. And that can be like make or break. For a lot of people, literally life saving. Yes, a lot mm -hmm. of people don't have the time to commute to a in-person therapy appointment. No. I know I do. Or the means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code GALS, and treat your brain. Treat it. Treat it. Sometimes, in order to go green, you have to get blue. <laughs> you know how everybody always says that? How that's like a thing that <laughs> is always said? <laughs> anyway, Blue Land, that is. So Blue Land was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts by eliminating plastic waste while creating powerful, effective cleaners for your entire home. And, you know, they're amazing. They're on to something. I have switched everything I clean with over to Blue Land yep. products. They're amazing. And the idea is super simple, and it's also beautiful. You buy the bottle once, and you refill it forever. No more plastic waste. The only thing you need to discard is your outdated idea that eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective, because they are not. They are not. You just fill Blue Land's beautiful, Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes, you have powerful cleaning products in the most incredible sense, such as iris agave, yeah. Korean lemon, lavender eucalyptus. Mm. They all smell so good. Your house smells like a spa when you're done cleaning. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So from their best-selling clean essentials kit to their hand soap duo and plastic-free laundry and dishwasher tablets, I have all of the above and the toilet tablets, mm -hmm. Blue Land has something for every inch of your home and backed by very popular demand. Like I just said, the Blue Land toilet tablet cleaner. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I always hate cleaning my toilet until I got these tablets because they smell really good. I and you love pop- cleaning my toilet now. Yeah, you pop them in, you watch them foam up, and you're like, it's working! Like, you can see <laughs> it working. It's incredible. So get it before it sells out again because that is a hot commodity, people. And Blue Land's stunning, high-quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit and are meant to be reused forever with money-saving refill tablets that start at just two bucks. So try Blue Land today. You will love it, and the planet will thank you. Mm-hmm. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash gals20, gals two zero. That's 20% off your first order of any Blue Land products at blueland.com slash gals20. One more time, blueland.com slash gals20, and treat you clean. Treat it. So it's the new year, which means a lot of us are making New Year's resolutions. And mm-hmm. uh, as we, as listeners of this show know, I used to have an issue with not keeping myself well hydrated. No, nope. that was bad. <laughs> it was scary. It was a little scary and definitely not healthy and probably why I wasn't feeling great. And so one of my... Ever. <laughs> one of my goals I have for myself for this year is to keep working on my hydration. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do that with the help of my favorite hydration product, Liquid IV. So one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than just water alone. And it also makes it taste better. Yeah, I need tasty water. I'm five years old. Yeah. So (laughs) one of these little sticks contains five essential vitamins, which are B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. So you can get rid of all the Gatorade. Mm-hmm. And all that plastic bottle and all waste. That sugar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients and non GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So, they're like great for anyone. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I love most about Liquid IV is that you can take them through like TSA with you when you're traveling. Yep. Mm-hmm. You just pop mm-hmm. them in your, your water bottle for the flight and you are just like way more hydrated than just with water. And it's a joy to drink. I love Mm -hmm. it for travel. And what makes liquid IV so effective? Well, let me tell you, that's the science of cellular transport technology, CTT, baby. It's Mm. designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into the bloodstream. So like I said, one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more effectively than water alone. And liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. They've donated over 19 million servings globally. That's amazing. It's health. We're hydrating the planet, people. So grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WINECRIME at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code WINECRIME at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code WINECRIME, and treat your hydration. Treat it. All right, are you ready for my case? Something a little gentler? Fucking I hope. (laughs) A little, yeah, there's no murder. Just let it it wash over me. Yep, there's no murder, so that's a step up. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about Colton Harris Moore, a.k.a. the Barefoot Bandit. 
Love it already. <laughs> Love it. Oh, wasn't there a barefoot bandit? Don't. Okay. Wasn't there a barefoot bandit? What? In the show <laughs> Made? Oh, I never saw that. I, I never watched it. So I don't like know. A bear, there was a barefoot bandit. Okay. Maybe. Right. I was just going to say, don't give anything away if you've heard this. Yeah. No, it was in a fictional. Well, I guess fictional. Well, mm, I guess it was based on a book. Whatever. <laughs> just tell you. Okay. I'm just letting you run it all out. <laughs> Let it run its course before I continue. Wait. Wasn't were it? we just talking about <laughs> I'm the scat man. He was come. <laughs> Conventionally attractive. <laughs> okay. Sorry. He's not an attractive know. man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why anyone fucking listens to us or gives us any kind of platform. I have no idea how we don't lose every uh, single patron every week. I don't know how we're not <laughs> negative. Like, we owe you money. He wasn't. Wait. <laughs> I have not even said a whole sentence yet. Okay. <laughs> Colton is just a babe born in 1991 in Mount Vernon, Washington. Wasn't there a barefoot a babe. Named Colton. Yes, yes, he, came he out just came out as gay, and I just watched his Netflix special. Well, nice. don't because he's also an abusive oh. little turd. Never mind. So fuck that guy. <laughs> oh. His parents split, and he was raised by his mother Pamela, who unfortunately struggled in raising her son. Multiple calls were placed to CPS by neighbors suspecting neglect in the household. His father was not available to take over childcare because, due to his substance use disorder, he was in jail for most of Colton's childhood. And though Pamela had remarried, his stepfather sadly passed away when Colton was only seven. So he had a very disrupted and tumultuous childhood, to mm. say the least. Um, Pamela knew. Pamela knew there was something quote off about her son. Her words. Oh, no, Pamela! Oh no! Oh, Pamela! No. Well, a mother Maybe knows. Maybe there's something a little off about Pamela. I mean, there's a lot off about Pamela, but yeah. a mother does also know. Takes but a mother know also one, might Pam. cause these issues. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. She often yeah, says she genes. sensed. Yeah, exactly. She often said she sensed a very real disconnection between Colton and the people around him. He struggled in school and had violent outbursts fairly regularly. But when he was evaluated after a number of these outbursts, he said it was his mother who was breaking things in the house while she was drunk. I think there's a little, you know, there's no way to know. I think all parties involved were a little bit of a mess at this point. Mm -hmm. I think it's a column A, column B mm -hmm. situation, mm -hmm. which really isn't Colton's fault at all. I, I actually feel As really sad child, for this kid. Even yeah. if he was breaking shit around the house. He's, a, was, he's a kid. He's probably reacting to how fucking tumultuous that house is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the poor kid just sort of went feral at seven years old. Oh. The area he lived in had many vacation oh. homes, and he would break into them regularly for survival. So he grabbed food, clothing, blankets. He would take his supplies and literally camp out in the woods for days at a time as a child, starting when he was seven. I and think CPS is... wasn't able to remove him from her, her fucking care, quote unquote. I don't unquote. think so. I mean, I, the, nothing I saw said that they did. So I don't know. Oh, my God. I think this is the same person that's in made the fiction great 
It's not it, fiction. I thought made. It's based it on made a real an MTV book. show about. Oh my god! M A I D made the Netflix. It's based on a book oh. which was written by a real person. So I think. Right. I mean, maybe this- she knew this person. I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh my god! Okay. So he was caught and convicted for theft when he was 12 and racked up three more convictions by the age of 13. But we both know that he had, like, way more acts of theft and breaking and entering than he was ever caught for. I know what Lucy's talking about now. And yes, you're right. I think so. Okay. Thank you for the validation. (laughs) I'm sorry, Amanda. (laughs) Don't kill us. This is a literal nightmare. You should watch Made, though. It's really good. Great. I will get to it if I can ever get through this fucking case. (laughs) (laughs) M-A-I-D. While in custody. Lucy and I conspired to drive you completely up the wall. I'm going to go on a spree. (laughs) While in custody, he was evaluated further and diagnosed with ADD, depression, and intermittent explosive disorder, not IBS. Intermittent explosion disorder. His time served would be pretty minimal. He'd get caught and then spend like 10 days or so in juvie, do some community service, and then be really, I mean, he's, he's 12, 13. Like, he's caught breaking and entering into vacation homes. They're not going to like, throw him in jail yeah and then he'd be released and just kind of do it all over again but in 2003 when he was caught with a neighbor's missing camcorder he was handed his biggest potential sentence yet three years in juvenile detention which he skirted by escaping from the halfway house that he that was holding him until he was turned over to authorities so like Mm -hmm. he was in this halfway house waiting to be turned over to juvie and he took off and he never served that sentence he just ran away all right, cool. And was like living in the woods or God. squatting in random houses for a while. Oh my God, it's so scary. So over the years, this guy basically turned into Frank Abagnale and Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colton pulled off thefts across Washington, Idaho, South Dakota, Nebraska, Illinois, and Canada. How did he get all of these places, you ask? Well, he fucking flew to many of them. He literally taught himself how to fly planes mm-hmm. by reading stuff he found online, playing flight simulator computer games, like likely in the library and or homes he broke into, <laughs> and watching a DVD entitled, quote, How to Fly a Small Airplane. Oh, Can't be my that hard. God. <laughs> so Kenyon's was- mom could do it. Exactly. Yeah. So he would steal small private planes and just go. He gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> he started off really only breaking and entering for survival, taking hot baths, eating food, sometimes ordering supplies with an unsuspecting computer or credit card. Love he it. literally ordered bear mace and night vision goggles once while he was broken into someone's house. How? Love he it. did try to be a good Samaritan at least one time, once leaving an excess of stolen cash. He had like an extra hundred dollars that he didn't need. So he left that with a note. That at he a vet- didn't need. Yeah. He left that with a note at a vet clinic that read, drove by, had some extra cash. Please use this money to care for the animals. Oh. What the fuck? I'm sorry. This is- <laughs> it's it's <laughs> bonkers. There's a lot So much to unpack. Here. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. Crime. <laughs> From 2008 to 2010. 
He yeah. is the victim. Yeah. <laughs> it all, you know, the, mostly, but he did, he's, I mean, he did break into a lot of places, steal a lot of shit. But anyway, from 2008 to 2010, Colton was making his way across the country. He stole a truck in South Dakota, ditched it in Nebraska, grabbed another in Iowa, ditched it in Illinois. And along the way, he would be barefoot when breaking into homes and businesses, leaving his footprints all over the scene. In some instances, he would even outline the footprint with chalk and leave a little handwritten, see ya, at the scene. <laughs> he did it on purpose? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The barefoot bandit. I know, but I thought maybe he just was like, I don't want to, like, make noise with my shoes on. I mean, it could have started that way, and then he was like, wait a minute. He, or he just didn't like shoes, maybe. Who knows? I don't like shoes. He was shoes. feral. Yeah. Yeah. He raised himself in the woods and taught himself how to pl- fly planes. This is the most confusing part, the barefoot bandit part, but I'm still not even going to try to pick it apart. <laughs> Then in 2010, he stole a Cessna 400 single-engine plane from a small Indiana airport. He made it all the way to the fucking Bahamas. Oh, stay there, honey. And this is like the third plane that he'd stolen and crashed and then just take like took off. He crashes the planes? Oh, yeah. He's not great at landing them. I think he crashed <laughs> too. <laughs> the DVD cut off at that part. It's hard to skip. They, yeah, maybe the DVD. He didn't watch the DVD. He didn't watch disc two. It was lost. <laughs> Descent and landing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he made it to the Bahamas, where the plane was fl- was found crashed just offshore from the Great Abaco Island. All you of the areas into the ocean. Yes. Oh my <laughs> Bye, swim I away. guess if you slow down enough. I mean, he I figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> All of the areas where he'd either stolen or ditched or crashed had reports of increased break-ins. So it was like uh, the authorities were on to him because mm-hmm. it was like his MO was flashy. Yeah, <laughs> <From, laughs> don't, don't say. From the LA Times, quote, <laughs> what became a one-boy cross-country crime wave allegedly committing more than 70 crimes in eight states and three countries. The losses in stolen or destroyed property, including luxury cars and at least five light aircraft, would top an estimated $3 million. Oh, honey. But he would always steal this stuff when people weren't around. So yep. he wasn't like, int- yeah, okay. He didn't hijack. He yeah. didn't, there were no physical, he wasn't, he didn't have a gun. Like no he violence. wasn't, no violence. He just would, he was an opportunist. Wow. Grab and goal. Hmm. So how did he fly planes without being caught? I definitely asked. Yeah. She, I literally Googled. Radars? Well, if you're, I was if like, you're low fuck? enough. Let me get to it. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> I already knew that. Sorry. <laughs> God. This is the... I'm so glad we're going on like a two-week recording vacation. <laughs> Mama needs it. Jesus. Salon.com explains in an article about Colton, quote, but what about the fact that cops were hunting him? Would he not be detected by radar? The answer is no, not necessarily. By flying very low across sparsely populated areas where radar coverage is non-existent or sporadic and or without using an ATC transponder, I can't imagine he ever turned it on, it would have been relatively easy for Harris Moore to fly undetected over hundreds of miles, or if not undetected, then more or less ignored. Much VFR or visual flight rules 
leisure traffic moves through what is known as uncontrolled airspace. It's like why we could fly drones and shit like that. Oh, okay. As the name implies, there is plenty of firmament out there in which there is no requirement to be in touch with air traffic control. So long as he kept clear of busy terminal areas and other restricted airspace, there would have been nothing terribly unusual about his radar blip had it popped up at all. It gets a little trickier when crossing the Florida coast and into the Bahamian airspace, but there are plenty of ways to slip through, particularly at low altitude. So he just stayed. Did he have like maps? Yeah, he must have. He must have. He gives new. Now, uh, after that, I understand what flying under the radar even means. Oh, yeah. I had no. What does that mean? I had oh. no idea what that meant. Lucy. Good. I did. Good you point. yelled at me for it. Right. <laughs> that was half my case. Flying was, under the radar. I, I lose all my padding when you give that away at the top. That was a whole paragraph. It was it's the least interesting padding. part of this case. I know. <laughs> I, so I didn't know. I was shocked. You. I also was shocked. So that stolen Cessna crashed in the Bahamas would be his most memorable, most expensive, and final crime. The same week he crashed, he tried to flee the islands by stolen boat. Like, how else are you going to get out of the Bahamas, I guess? He's fucking James Bond. I know, it's nuts. Well, barefoot James Bond. Authorities were on to him at this point. The FBI had like a $10,000 reward out for his capture. Everybody's fucking looking for him. And in a dramatic end to a wild several years on the run, police stopped the boat he was on by shooting at the engine until it was no longer mobile. That's so they just shot intense. the engine out. <laughs> That's pretty intense. It's uh, Yeah, there was a shootout, but only one-sided because mm-hmm. he didn't have a gun. He was taken into custody and returned to the States to stand trial. He was 19 years old when he was captured. <laughs> Look at all he's accomplished. <laughs> I mean, feral at seven. Yeah? Captured at 19. Wow. Unbelievable. I hope, he, lived I hope this many motherfucker lives. escapes. He's lived so many lives. Huh? I hope he fucking escapes. Uh, he doesn't, but... It's okay. We'll get to it. This okay. is this this is a weird. This is weird. He made no attempt at denying his crimes. Likely a smart move, considering he was wanted internationally at this point. Because he's like, <laughs> wa- he's done shit all over Canada. And so, as part of the deal, he pled guilty to forty felonies. Though he was actually guilty of upwards of a hundred, and he was sentenced to seven years in prison. His incredible trip made him a little famous on the internet, getting him fifty thousand followers on Facebook. And a $1.5 million movie deal for the rights to his story. Mm-hmm. I know there's a, I know there's like a documentary out about him. I don't know if there's another like big blockbuster movie, but. And, and can you sell the rights to your story? I guess if you it's didn't not a violent kill crime. anyone. He didn't, he didn't yeah. kill anybody. Right. So there was no, nothing in his court case said that he couldn't do it. So he wow. did it. And frankly, he needed the fucking money. Because like all of this, he got a he got one point five million dollars, but basically all of it went to his fines to like right. recover all the shit he damaged and stole. Right. So it's not like he made any money. Right. It just went back right. to victims went of to the crimes. Victims, yeah. That covers exactly. half of half. what he's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they're never going to get the rest of it back. So take mm-hmm. you know take what you can get. So he was released after serving five and a half years. He was released in 2017, and he devoted his life to preserving the legacy of his mother, who had harmed and neglected him all of those years ago. 
He wants to preserve her legacy? Oh, yes. Spice chose that word specifically. So Pamela, 65 at the time of his release, had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. With no money of his own, he turned to the public to crowdsource funds to cover, quote, whole body cryopreservation for his beloved mom. He wanted That's her cryogenically frozen. Experimental death. at best. I know. I literally at best. I literally just had a vein in my forehead. Stop. Start, yeah, pulsating. What's the best you could hope for? I to mean, preserve. Are you going to bring them back to life? Is it going to be a zombie situation, like a pet cemetery situation? I think most people imagine the like consciousness downloaded into a robot or something kind of situation. That's eerie. I don't like it. Let them die. Would totally Just get preserved. Let the not. <laughs> if I, I have this kind of money at the end of my life, freeze me up, Scotty. Okay, I want well, it. I forgive need it. me in advance for not visiting you because it creeps me out. I'm just gonna let you die. Yeah, just yeah, let him yeah. die. Leave would me in storage. You, would you rather be? One or the other. Hang me in, in Lachelle's Fine Foods meat locker. <laughs> what? What I rather you, what? Would you rather be cryo preserved, frozen, and then brought back to life a hundred years in the future? Or or would you rather go back in time and you have to spend the rest of your natural life sometime in history? Future. I want an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no Earth uh, in a hundred years, so yeah. <laughs> that I'll question's actually moot. Just a quick, a quick return, and mm-hmm. then we're wiped. There's no water. We're done. Okay. If I only have to go back a hundred years, no, you have to go back farther than a hundred years. No, I don't oh. want to be on the food chain, and I want an iPhone. So <laughs> we're done. Well, you might be back on the food chain in a hundred years. That's true, but I'll be That's long true. dead. Well, yeah, but if I'm frozen, okay, whatever. I could also be back on the food chain, but I'm going to take my chances with the future. I want to see aliens, all that shit. I don't think I would take my chances with the future. I'd go back. You would do better. Right do better in the Renaissance. I would know. I would know what was going on. Yeah, you'd be yeah. aware. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. I'm afraid of the future. I can't. I'm afraid it. of the present. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of tomorrow. I'm afraid the of your future. Yeah, scary. As of his release, she Pamela was still very much alive, but he wanted to preserve her after death. He started a fund with the goal of two hundred thirty thousand dollars to cover the procedure, and I assume storage at Alcor Life Extension Foundation <laughs> in Scottsdale, Arizona. In Scottsdale. It all yeah. circles back Scottsdale, to Arizona. I think Scottsdale, unlike the believers at Eckenkar, I think Scottsdale might be the center of the universe. I think, yeah. God Never help us all. Never been there, but it's, it's random enough. It's beautiful. It's not far from um, where all those, like, magnetic fields yeah. are. I mean, Sedona. if you think about Sedona, it, yeah. the universe is you know, infinite and ever expanding. So Why really couldn't Scottsdale any, be any the center? point could be the center. Yeah. A- every point is Great. the every center. Point. Isn't Amy's Bakery in Scottsdale that horrible, is it Kitchen Nightmare or uh, the Gordon Ramsay, the fucking insane, yeah, the fucking insane couple who owns that bakery. Maybe. And she like talks to her cats. I mean, we I got to do a cats, Scottsdale but... show so we can go find that. Yeah, I'm not up mm. on any of that. I and know. I want to get a tour of this facility. I want to see the storage. 
So this facility famously stores the preserved corpse of Boston Red Sox player Ted Williams. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Queen of Kenyon, Sports. Now you got another feather for your cap. About Ted Williams. <laughs> I don't know, but she's the Queen of Sports. His bat is in the Louisville Slugger Museum. There you go. Oh. So why would Colton want to offer this gift to his abusive parent? He said, quote, I made my own choices, he insisted, even though court records show he told a psychiatrist that his mother was an abusive alcoholic. So he's like, I acknowledge that my upbringing was shit, but mm-hmm. I chose but I to run away my mom. and do all this shit. And yeah, I still love my mom. So when explaining why he would do this, Colton said, quote, as a son, I regret that her hopes and dreams never came true. Poor guy. Colton, you're still so young. I know. Yeah, don't could. take on that mantle of uh, But his mom's mom is guilt. dying. And he's saying he said her hopes and dreams didn't come true. So he wants to preserve her so she can come back later and fulfill her destiny, I guess. Okay. I don't think this is in the cards for Pamela, however, since when the article about this was written, he had only $2,115 toward his $230,000 goal from 19 contributors. Quote, sometimes it is difficult to accept what we cannot change, but I salute your attempt to try, one donor wrote. Well, they get that money back if it's not reached, if you don't reach the goal, right? Not necessarily. If he's using GoFundMe, that money goes to you no matter how much is raised. If you're using something like Kickstarter, you have to get your goal before they take your money. I I think this is like a. (laughs) They're very similar, but I think this is like a GoFundMe situation. Okay. The article I was reading did not link to it, which I think is probably smart, but also. Yeah. I want to find it. Please you don't. Been, I mean, don't <laughs> don't get that money. All the best to Colton, but like <laughs> just and, and Pamela, I guess. But like, listeners, <laughs> please use discretion with your donations, and there are better causes. I don't I'm know. Say. I don't know. <laughs> it's your money, but this one's up there. Free, bro- free Pamela. Freeze Pamela. <laughs> Freeze Pamela. <laughs> your face. Your fucking face. I just workshopped that in yeah. front of you. I know. It was great. I started Hashtag free freeze. Brian Hathaway. Then I went to free Pamela and then freeze Pamela. We all freeze heard it. Freeze Pamela. We watched it happen on your face. I am shocked. Okay. Hashtag last, freeze Pamela. Last little bit. In an interview he gave while in prison, he expressed his hopes and dreams for his future, and he hoped that included working in aviation. <laughs> no shit. I mean, why not? He fucking taught Are himself how to fly planes. I don't know if they let felons become pilots. I don't, I don't know. know. Probably not, not a commercial pilot. No, no. He doesn't <laughs> no. want to be a pilot. He doesn't want to be a pilot. Okay. There are several. The he landing. says, <laughs> never. "Yeah, you never stuck for landing. He does not want to be a pilot." Quote, there are several industries I want to go into, but that's definitely my main goal, building airplanes. So I'm sure I'm sure he can do that. He said, quote, that's it. That's all he wants to do. Well, I'm not sure if that played out or is playing out the way he hoped. He did have one secure job offer upon his release from his own attorney, who also apparently, at least for a brief period, defended Ted Bundy. Okay. So this guy's like, he gets around. Okay. He said he needed an assistant around the law office. Quote, he's smart and organized, his lawyer said. We have lots of filing and organization we need help with. So they offered him a job. I just don't know that I would trust 
this criminal mastermind. I with, mean, like, I think all I this would. Sensitive information, but I like, think I would because so much of his existence was like stealing and hopping around mostly for survival. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He like gave money back when he had more than yeah, he needed. That's he true. wasn't like stealing people's identities. He was like using a credit card that was left out to buy night vision goggles. Like he doesn't I have trust anything. Him. And he's kind of stealing from rich people if he's breaking into vacation homes and stealing small private aircraft. Fucking get it. He's okay with it. He's a a Robin Hood for himself, but I love Mm -hmm. it. And the dags and cats and other small animals. So whether you believe in his mission or not, (laughs) Colton holds firm, quote, the opinions of uninspired people don't matter for anything. Just believe in yourself, he wrote on the GoFundMe. And I... Can drink to that. All right. To Pamela. Hashtag freeze Hashtag Pamela. Hashtag freeze Pamela. Hope Cheers. you're doing great, Pam. FP. And a very special thanks to our fan picker, Alexis Lee. And we're also going to drink in memory of your dear friend, Amber. Yep. Oh, Amber. And God bless the vitamins. Here's to Amber and the vitamins. To Amber. I'm not supposed to cheer with water, so I'm going to kiss. Oh, I've got water. Sorry. I'm thirsty. Oops. You're cursed. All right. right. We love you all. We'll talk to you next week. Love ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!